0: Hi there, beautiful people. So thrilled to have a conversation today with one of our most popular guests, Martha Creek. And Martha is a speaker, a minister, a leader, coach, consultant, facilitator. She has often been described as having a spirit of innocence, compassion, and generosity, all of which support her in being able to deliver a great deal of information in a profoundly simple humorous and attainable way hi martha how are you
1: hello there well i'm delighted to be here i feel honored it's one of my highest privileges part of my mission as you know from our time together is to get empowered teachings to the whole of the world and i delight in this way that that may be that is being made possible here through this podcast so wherever you are Listeners, I bow to you and whatever inside of you that keeps you enrolling and engaging in um, self-awareness, self-realization and learning. And as long as you've got power in you that's leaning you toward that, there's a bounty of ways to fulfill it. And I'm delighted to be any part of that.
0: Oh, Thank you so much for being here. Now, I want to start talking a little bit about the science of mind, there's um, Ernest Holmes, and you right now have a um, ongoing, I don't know what you'd call it, a seminar, whatever, but what, before I got to Unity, I didn't know anything about science of mind, so you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that?
1: Well, that? It's, a, it's a very ground, um, foundational, grassroots teaching for me, uh, as I was not churched, I was looking at um, teachings and teachers that aligned with what I actually believed. And I was, as I would have conversations about this, what I believe that wasn't exactly what some fundamental beliefs are, they would say, oh, you're part, you're, you think like unity or you think like new thought, or you think like science of mind. Right. So I, To heart and started to look into this so it's a textbook from the 20s as i believe when some of this new thought came into the light a bit about what the movement of new thought is a different way of thinking that's now called a positive path for spiritual approach or a positive path to christianity's teachings um Science of mind was a marriage between spirituality and science for me. And last year in 2023, I did an immersion into the science of mind again. And it was a re-immersion for me because I used that text over 20, well, 25 years ago now, and it's been transformative for me over the years. So I did an immersion back into the text. So every single day. In my readings and reflections and contemplations, I recorded it and put it in the YouTube and into um, the offerings of social media and that. Yes. And somebody else has been ex- inspired by the teachings and they asked to make reels out of it, shorter one minute mm-hmm. or so sessions in it mm-hmm. and doing that and posting that. That's and, great. It's been used now on social media, the Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok in a new venue for me. And it's amazing to watch people's relationship to these teachings. Teachings yeah. that they like you, you had not heard of yet. And it still is in alignment with what they actually believe.
0: Right. And I know science of mind, um, it's practical guidance on prayer and meditation. And also about building self-confidence. And most people today that are struggling, that's the things they're struggling with. That They just don't feel like they're who they should be. And they don't know how to receive or express love. So do you think we could all benefit from these practices?
1: Definitely. Even if, you know, every single thing in the world, I believe, teaches me how to do it or how not to. So it will be an exploration of what people actually believe and think it'll be a solid foundation for them to get truer and more grounded in their own convictions, what they actually believe instead of what they're trying to believe or pretending to believe or what their traditions of their family want to believe that we've never questioned yet. Do I actually believe that or not? And there's absolutely nothing to lose. You know, exploring a teaching like the science of mind does not ask us to give up anything else or to leave our own religious beliefs.
0: That's and, important. That's important. It, Let me just and, say for you right now, I just want to back space a little bit because Holmes drew from various spiritual traditions. So just like um our particular minister at Unity of the Palm Beaches. He can be given a sermon and drawing from Buddhist teachings that apply. And every religion that I know of um, talks about love, you know, and about being kind to your fellow man. And that is so what's so great about science of mind is there is that connection to the divine through a holistic approach. Is that when I'm saying pretty specific?
1: Absolutely, and every that also speaks to what you're demonstrating here for me and the listeners, Mimi, is your growth mindset, your growth-minded mindset, which could be a topic for another day if you want to. And so, then somebody with a growth-minded mindset will be open to explore teachings like this, even if you don't know if they're for you or not. It's like I'm going to see what's there. So then we can draw on all the teachings of the world and take what we align with, Mm -hmm. take what we feel better from, take what we feel leaves us on more solid ground and use it regardless of what path it was taken. So all paths to one mountaintop. So, and, and to accept for me, to accept that not everybody, and this is psychologically proven not everybody, even a high majority, if the psychology data is true, 80% of the people, humans, have a fixed mindset.
0: Yes. So
1: they're not open. They're not open at the top. They're not as open to learning or exploring or adventure seeing or to see, is questioning even, is that true for me? So it's accepting that, that, that these teachings and our ways of being are likely for a minority of people and whatever minority they're for, we still hold a power to influence the whole as we cultivate our own open-mindedness and our own growth, our own expansion of our open-mindedness mindset. Wow. exploring teachings like this would be an example of that.
0: Well, the thing is, I was... Catholic because I was born a Catholic, and that's what my parents told me I was. And um, I loved being a Catholic as a little girl. I loved the pomp and circumstance, the rituals, the degrees you went through, you know, communion and confirmation. And I stayed Catholic right up until the time I had to get divorced, and they excommunicated me from the church. And then I said, wait a minute, I didn't do anything wrong. He cheated on me. And I kind of was just floating around with like keeping some of the principles, but being resentful. And I did that for a long time. And when we came to Florida and we went to Unity at the Palm Beaches, as we were walking up the steps, my husband said, we're going to hell (laughs) because he was even more devout Catholic than me. So Spirit, when we used to talk about spirit in the Catholic religion, it was thought of as the Holy Spirit and outside of ourselves. What do you think of when you hear spirit? How do you define it?
1: Well, I, it's like other words like God and love that I don't claim to know anything about defining. Okay. So, the spirit of me, from for my direct experience, is the part of me that I think has no beginning and feel, think and feel. That it has no beginning and no end. Mm. This experience that I'm in is a part of a whole. And when this experience is over, when this body is laid to rest, when this body dies off, that there's an aspect of myself that I call spirit that has an ongoing. That Mm. cannot be killed, that cannot die, that cannot be hurt, that um, cannot be threatened. and. Many of the religious traditions refer to this in their own ways and that my spirit is always intact. And even while my personality is trying to take over or the wounded, hurt, child aspects of myself are at play and presenting themselves that the spirit is ever present for it all as a witness or an observer. Mm. So. The, the, the spiritual realm then to explore spirituality includes for me um, an embracing of this spirit, a contemplation, which you refer to the practices of prayer and meditation is my practices to commune with my spirit, with the spirit as me. And to develop a a relationship that's more deep and abiding, therefore ever growing, as well as to look at the other aspects of me that only have glimmers of the spirit that are afraid and panicked and doubtful and not uh, not as courageous, not as clear, not as compassionate, not as connected, and to include it all and oversold for that.
0: That was very detailed. And let me let me go to this now. <clears throat> you said that most people are not open-minded enough to explore things like this. And there's a lot of people in this world that believe in cause and effect. This happened, that's why this happened. So somebody invaded Poland, and now we're going to World War III. Um, but I think you believe that there's much more than just cause and effect. Why is that? You mean, why do I believe it? Yeah. Why why do you believe that it's more than just cause and effect?
1: Well, it's because I have direct experience of things that I can't explain. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: Absolute direct experience, certainty, confirmation, affirmation, reality-based clarity that there is a complexity to our system here, to our world, and to in your example, things like war that looks like it may be A, did something to B and caused a war that is not including what's going on in the larger atmosphere or what happened in the history there, what's prevalent in the culture that would have contributed to that what's present in the emotional realms and the psychological realms of the people within that country and those tribes and those families there that would cause that. So there's not one thing that caused it. It's like saying this one straw broke a camel's back. It's Mm -hmm. like one straw didn't break a camel's back. One straw was the tipping point. One straw was the cause of the, was the limit Of what it could bear, but there was a lot more in the camel's back on the camel's back than the one straw. Mm -hmm. And it's certainty of this and the direct realization. My primary spiritual practice is to accept the mystery of it. And I know how planets stay in orbit, how they spin around, and how what the value of floods are, what the values of drought are, and they're still included.
0: So um, how do we reach or how do we talk to someone that wants to be reached that has a stuck mindset and knows it and wants to experience a higher self and live in wholeness? How can we help them experience that?
1: Well, for me, it's like really testing it out to see are they really, even though they claim they may be wanting that, that may or may not be true. So it's like a masterful approach then to kind of wait and see or to ask a question or two or to make an offering or two with here's what's been helpful to me or here's what I can recommend and see are they actually interested or are they just saying they're interested Um, because we're trying to connect. We're trying to make futile attempts to keep a persona intact, to be a somebody So I've often witnessed it regularly in people pretending that we're interested in things that we're just not. So for me, it's like I've got a genuine offering like this. I can put out an offering. In your case, you're offering it through a podcast and through your inquiry and your understanding about what the science of mind is. So now you and I have done our part to put this out into the world. And then it's a surrender to that then whoever's benefited by it is benefited by it. And I don't get to direct that. I don't get to walk around and spoon feed people my belief systems or my favorite books or anything like that, especially if they're not asking. And if asking, I can offer. And then if they receive it, if they apply it, then that's that's them. That was That was not my doing.
0: Yeah, I think of the early days of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, where, you know, Bill and Dr. Bob would literally drag the drunks off the street into their home, but they weren't asking for help. And it took them a while to figure that out, that they had to ask. And even now, if somebody comes to a meeting and they're having some struggle with some of the steps, we often say to them, take what you want and leave the rest. You don't have to swallow it all. And that that has worked now for a hundred years. You know, it is just tested and proven to be a good way to do it. So-
1: But in that, in, that in that example of 12 steps as a spiritual process, as a, an opportunity and invitation for sobriety and to understand that sobriety is a goal sobriety is a direction for our life it's not a tick box exercise so yes. when you put the cork in the bottle it's mm-hmm. like the beginning of sobriety that's not the end of sobriety then I've still got to look at all the feelings and all the causes and that's- all the hurts and all the letdowns and disappointments that caused me to reach for the bottle to begin with
0: exactly and that's an ongoing process I'm a witness to that. So I loved your book, Pearls of Wisdom. And now you recently published a new book called Presence and Potential. So tell us about that. Oh, so, there it is right
1: there. This is, potential. this is available on Amazon. And this is, a. am often asked, like Martha, just tell us how to, how to, how to. Yeah, right. Well, I can tell you how I've done it. And if then, if you're benefited by it, It's like, then it's a bonus. So this book is really a a culmination of what I've been practicing 20 years that are actual practices. So the first chapter, for example, is called define yourself to others and stay connected to them. Mm -hmm. That sounds so simple, like, oh yeah, that would be a good idea. But it's like to do it is extremely hard to do when somebody is disagreeing with us or criticizing us or shaming us because of our beliefs or manipulating us or controlling us or giving their best efforts at doing so. It's no little thing to say, I can define what I think and feel, I can define define what I believe, my own convictions. And be just as willing for somebody else to have their beliefs, their thoughts, their feelings, and they be different.
0: Oh, wow. And that I so relate to that because I'm going through something with a family member right now. And um, I can use those <laughs> things that you just said. So, okay. So there is a difference, which is very hard sometimes to regulate. And like you said, regulating ourselves, we can't regulate others. And
1: chapter two: regulate anxiety. Yes. So distinguishing
0: between facts and feelings. So I will say like this person I love very much and it's, she's lied to me in the past and it's, I can't um, not confront her with that. And, but yet she will act like it's no big deal and want to just go on her merry way. And uh, I have been saying the word no a lot more these days because I know I can only take care of myself. And I'm sure you believe in the power of the word no. Well,
1: I I believe in the power of an honest no.
0: An honest no. What do you mean by that?
1: Very different than saying no. An honest no. Okay. And if I'm not giving honest no's, I may be more in a knee-jerk relationship, mm-hmm. like a t- no. no, 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 no to you. No, you hurt my feelings. No, I'm not gonna do that. No, you lied to me. Mm-hmm. Instead of like it's not an honest no. If I want a relationship with this woman or man or whoever it is, then I can say I'm I still have hurt feelings, you know, from that experience of where you lied about something. And I still deal with those and I, I, I can be honest about that and still not let that one encounter or that one lie or that handful of lies or whatever it was, rob me of this relationship if I actually want this relationship yeah. and I have to limit how much I can extend myself or limit how much risk I can take with it or something, but it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And mm-hmm. I know for me, I awakened Mimi to so my judgment about other people's lying was my inability to look at how I lie
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to see how normal it is because mm-hmm. we've been taught and then believed innocently that lying is B-A-D, yes. very bad, yes. very wrong, instead of looking at how people generally lie when they don't feel safe. Uh They lie when they don't feel like there's room for the truth or that they're going to be okay standing in their truth. And I know I lied to myself that people shouldn't lie, for example. So then I'm under my own spell versus waking myself up to people do lie, people will lie, and I'm equipped for that. I don't have to lose my own sense of empowerment because I'm in the face of somebody lying, not telling the truth or being dishonest. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to live under the spell I'm under that people are going to 100% tell the truth all the time or else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's my own lie to myself versus no people will lie. People in relationship with me will lie. People close to me will lie. Friends will lie to me and it's included. Mm-hmm. Just like other things in the world I don't prefer are included and I must include them or I live um, more stressed and more hostage to them.
0: Yes, Um, that's so true. And it's funny because I, in the process of publishing my third book, which is actually a, a workbook to heal from trauma and abuse, it's called Be Heard, Surviving Your Demons. And there is a chapter on lying, <laughs> and it's funny. And, but I, I list all the different types of lies and my experience with people in those terms of that kind of lying. And then at the end of the chapter, there are questions and reflection pages for the reader, because I think a, a lot of young people get devastated when they're lied to. You know, like you said, after a while, with age comes wisdom, and we know everybody's gonna lie. And we still might be upset, but not devastated, you know? So that's one chapter and it goes right along with what you're saying. So let's go back to your book. What inspired you to write Presence and Potential?
1: Well, my mission, which is to get empowered teachings to the whole of the world. Mm -hmm. And these are teachings that have continued to be, after decades, transformational for me. So I didn't technically write a book. I simply put forward what I was practicing and from a recording, it was transcribed. So this is, I have presented workshops on this very material, this exact material for decades now. So it's like, this is the next iteration of it. And it meets my goals to serve those who are serving and to get empowered teachings to the whole of the world. And it's like the material already existed. So get it in print and get it out there. That's my calling. That is my fulfillment. I've done my part. And then for my birthday month, which is February, Mm -hmm. I read the book out loud and recorded it and have released a chapter a a day during February. So by the end of February, the whole book will be out in audio visual form Mm -hmm and audio for people that can't read, won't read, can't buy a book. So I've made the material accessible that way at no charge whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, How do you think um, personal experience or stories in your book? um, Can you share any of those, like a personal story that's related to the themes in your book, like we just talked about?
1: Well, m- many include, including <laughs> well, um, my awakening to lying that okay. I when my baby brother, who was alcoholic and was in a rehab center, and the family was called to go in there to uh, be part of their recovery, their thirty days of rehabbing and recovery. Yes, mm-hmm. we was asked to speak. To Randy directly in a group setting. And this was the love of my life, this little brother of mine. And until just a month ago, I called him my baby brother. But I've I'm shifting out of that because he wasn't my baby. I was not his mother. But I took on a lot of responsibility for him that was never actually mine. So it's like re re recalibrating that. The reality was that I was his sister. He was my brother. So the relationship and the responsibility I'd taken on for him was not true. It was not accurate. And as we were sharing what the pain to us was of his using an alcoholism and getting arrested and in jail and not caring for his family and things like that, what I heard myself saying over and over in that session was the lying. The lying is what's so painful. Stop the lying. 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 And I awakened to it. Like the chances that he will quit lying are zero. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> zero. So this awakening is then that I must quit lying to myself that he's going to quit lying or mm-hmm. that he has even the capability of that. And my mother used to say it as he's lied so much. He doesn't even know that he's lying. Right, he believes his own lies. Right. Yes. yes. Mm. I witnessed someone that was in a very intense situation that had been um baiting young girls um to get together with them. Mm. So failia. And mm-hmm. in that case with this man, he was on record in emails and in text and in phone calls communicating with her telling her who he is what he's going to do for her what he she'll get out of this and how to meet up with him and everything and then it was a sting operation mm-hmm. and when he over there to meet her the police was there to arrest him okay. and he denied any of it and they put out in front of him here's an email from you no I didn't send any email here's a recorded call no I've never made a phone call mm-hmm. The depths of this lying, the depths of the denial and the depths of our parts of us that ha- didn't know anything else to do but use denial, regression, segre- repression, suppression and all of that is powerful. Mm-hmm. The the lying then is to be understood for me, not judged. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, that chapter in my book about lying my personal story and experiences are my two ex husbands, which that's it. You know, they deny and try to gaslight you, and it's crazy. And to go through that is painful, like you said, but then to think they're not going to do it again. Like if he's, I'm sorry, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to cheat on you again. And you want to believe that. And you, you know, so you go ahead and guess what? It happens again. And You know, that's, that's what life is. It's having experiences, good and bad, but learning from them, hopefully, and growing. You agree?
1: And that, case, yes, and amen. And to, for us to be the one that does less lying. Yes. So I hear their promises, which is classic in those relationships, classic and addictive emotional dynamics and binds and bonds. Yes. to make promises, to know that I am the one that's lying to myself. So if they don't cheat again, then that's, that's up to them. That's that's on them. But it, my staying engaged with somebody, my staying enrolled, married to willing for them to do it again was my own risk. That was me doing that to me, not them doing something to me.
0: Exactly. In my case, each one my limit was seven years I didn't know what this seven years but that's what I had enough with each of them and my present husband who I am with like for, I don't even know 36 years maybe when we were together seven years he said are you keeping me it was our little joke well so
1: so far honey yeah so
0: far yeah so far he hasn't lied to me he's good um listen all this information you have a website that it's going to be on. And I believe it's just MarthaCreek.com. Is that it?
1: Correct. Easy to find. That's so how people can contact me right through that website. The number's there. My email. There's uh, hundreds and hundreds of free videos and presentations and all okay. matters that, that can benefit people. some people.
0: And feel free to put this on um, if you'd like. I'm going to make a video for you too. And also, do you have a YouTube channel that you love? Uh, yes.
1: Martha Creek Mm -hmm. Darko. Okay, good. Yep. And all that science of mind teaching the whole year of immersion is out there as well as these rules and various talks and podcasts and things where people um, explore like you are here today. That's all available there on that YouTube channel.
0: That's great. And I put all this out on my social media too. And on my YouTube channel and my podcast, because I'm trying to help others. That's my mission To not have to be in pain as long as I was in pain, to maybe find the journey, the road, the right turn a little sooner. So, thank you so much, Martha, for coming on. I always love talking to you. You You're
1: very welcome. You're very welcome. I'm glad I appreciate the invite. And whoever's listening, you do not have to do this alone. Whatever you're experiencing, you absolutely, there's support for you all around. And you cannot do it wrong, even when it looks like you're doing it wrong. Stay the course, do what you can, and it'll take longer than you like. So it is a life's work, not, not, a, not an overnight enlightenment journey. But it gets
0: easier once you learn, once you know the road you're on and how you stay on the right road and what to do. Thanks yeah. again, Martha. And we will have you back again in a couple of months and talk about Mindset and the growth of your mindset.
1: Okay. Blessings, everybody. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you, honey. Bye-bye.